This episode was recorded before the tragic events in Wisconsin regarding Jacob Blake. And our prayers go out for the whole community there. All right, everybody, welcome back to We Should Talk. I'm JP Job, and I'm here with the whole crew, Julie, Keetron, Tina. You know, life has been crazy for me for a long time, uh, even as far back as whenever we were first married. Uh, Julie and I got married whenever we were in college, and uh, there was a, a point in time where I was going to school full-time, and I was also working full-time. So I was working as the overnight manager at the Whataburger down the road in Sulphur Springs. And then I was turning around from work. I was going to school in my Whataburger outfit, uh, grease stained and everything from the night before. And then sitting through class all day. And there were actually two days a week where I had somewhere to be for 24 hours straight. I'd wake up at 9 p.m., get a shower, go to work go straight to school from there, go to school all day, have a lab in the afternoon, finally get home and go to bed at 9 p.m. again. So for 24 hours straight, I was I was just constantly going. And that happened two days a week on top of whatever other schedule came my way. So needless to say, things were crazy. I was stressed to the max and dog tired. And one thing that Julie learned about me during that early time of our marriage was that whenever I'm stressed and tired, he talks in his sleep. (laughs) And, uh, so what I would actually end up doing was I was talking about whatever I was dreaming about. And, uh, poor Julie was, would be trying to wake me up. Yeah. I would go in to wake him up and he would be, I, I would kind of give him a shake and say, hey, JP. And he'd say, put some Bob egg on. Bob's that Bob egg on. I can't even say it. Put some Bob eggs on. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and, and for those of you who haven't worked at Whataburger, let me tell you what a Bob egg is. A Bob egg is eggs that were cooked in such a way that they could go on the breakfast on, on a, a bun. bun. And so I would give her directions. I need you know, I need you to drop six Bob eggs or I need you to drop three pancakes or, you know, I would be giving her grill instructions. And I would be trying to wake him up so he could get up and go to work and and do those things. Not only was I working for 24 hours, even while I was sleeping, apparently I was working. So he wasn't actually getting much good rest in there. No. And, and to boot, whenever I would finally wake up, Julie would be laughing at me. But I mean, I, by the time we were done with the conversation, I'd finally gotten him awake. I couldn't stop laughing, and he would be so mad at me. He'd just glare at me. And I, you know, it's not her fault. It's funny that I was talking in my sleep like that. But um, yeah, that was a that was an interesting time of life, to say the least. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> All right, so tonight I want us to talk about uh, this question that I think is, is kind of on people's minds from time to time. At least it's been on mine during these days that have, of unrest that we've been seeing is, uh, what good does a protest do? What good does a protest do? And uh, as I've been thinking about that question, you know, we see a lot of things going on. We saw the, the marches for Black Lives Matter. We saw uh, some of those things, of course, devolving into riots and then we've seen uh the nba players 
But I, I you know, I thought about this uh, even going all the way back to Colin Kaepernick. Um, you know, because there was that's where he first started. There, I mean, for the movement for the police brutality, that's where it started again after all these years. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not someone who watches a lot of football anyway. Um, I'm, I just, you know, I've always worked on Sundays and, you know, have seldom been able to, uh, have that kind of TV programming available. So it's not been something that it's been a huge part of my life, but I've known people that, you know, they talk about, you know, seeing these guys do that and how, you know, they take personal offense to it. Um, and so I just kind of want to, uh, look into this and, and I followed the, the news a little bit about it, but. Um, we see a lot of athletes now who are kneeling during an anthem or they're just staying seated during the national anthem. And so there's a lot of conversation about that. And so I just kind of want to look at that. And I know Keatron found something online about uh, specifically the Colin Kaepernick taking a knee uh, gesture during the national anthem. Okay, yeah. Uh, I was looking on the Internet today. I saw this. It was on uh, ProCon.org. It was asking the question, is kneeling during the national anthem an appropriate form of protest? I've got the, uh, the pros and the cons on this issue here. In uh, Pro 1, it says, when one believes the United States is not living up to its ideas of liberty, freedom, and justice for all, kneeling during the national anthem is appropriate and justified. And then on the con side, it said, kneeling during the national anthem shows disrespect for the flag and members of the armed forces. So I just want to see what y'all think about that. But uh, bef before we go there, I, I just want to read uh, what Kaepernick had said. He said on num numerous occasions that, that the sole purpose of kneeling during the national anthem is not to disrespect the military personnel at all, but rather that his goal is to use his social platform to bring topics regarding police brutality and oppression of people of color to light. Yeah. I know, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm around circles of people who talk about it. They kind of have a, well, you know, Copernic doesn't have any room to talk kind of thing because he's, he's got it made right now kind of thing you know like he's in this position and he wouldn't be in that position if he didn't live in this country kind of attitude I guess um almost like they think he's being ungrateful yeah a little bit of that and just uh you know I think that along those lines though um you know maybe his story is different maybe he he hasn't experienced some of the same things, the harder things that other people have, but he is in a position um, to where he can raise awareness for it. But, uh, and that's what he's trying to do, I think. That that's something that I see as a, as a thing against the, the kneeling and, and, a, and an attitude towards that situation. Mm -hmm. um, is that people kind of like, what right do they have to, to, to act like, you know, this country hasn't done things for them kind of thing, instead of realizing they're not ungrateful for what they have, but they know that there are other people who don't have what they have because of some of these uh, situations and things that they face and because of 
of racism and, you know, uh, police brutality and they're in situations that they sometimes don't have any control over. And these, these people have a way of being a voice for those other people. Yeah. But I've listened to some veterans and I mean, it's at least 12 or 13 just I've listened to and they've spoken out and they have said that they don't feel it's a disrespect toward them because they understand what's going on because right now it's not um, the land of the free and home of the brave. Yeah. Because we're not I say we as a whole, we are not free to just walk down the road going to the store without being profiled in some kind of way. Yeah. We're not free to walk as somebody else might be able to f- be free to walk just down the road or jog down the road right. or just anything. Drive. If You might be going to your grandma's house. You get pulled over. You're not free to drive, but you get pulled over for driving while black, mm. driving while brown, besides driving while intoxicated. Right. Right, right. You know, just for the color of your skin. And then also took the context of the brave part. We have police that's so brave, even with the body cams on, they still do what they do without any repercussions. Mm-hmm. So the last part of that anthem does not hold true for everybody that's in the United States. Right. And yeah. so that's what a lot of people a lot of people are not looking at. Yeah. Though that last phrase does not hold true to the people that lives here in the United States. Yeah. And it's just not blacks, though. But police brutality goes across the board. Mm-hmm. You can be what they call a living in a trailer park, and they don't consider you as their equal. Yeah. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think, you know, the you were talking about the veterans. Um I think there are a lot that have that mentality that you were talking about that, you know, they know that for them, a lot of them are of the mindset. I fought for people to have the freedom to be able to do Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. to To be able to protest peacefully, you know? And so I honestly, a lot of the people that I, I, you know, have taken, I've seen that take them a lot of offense to it. have never served in the military. Um, and, you know, and I, I don't see it as an affront to um, the military and the people who fought for freedom. Um, I, I, think that, I think that a lot of these people who are choosing to kneel during the anthem or sit or whatever, they know that they have the freedom because it's yes. been won for them in that way. If kneeling for the flag upsets you more than what's going on, that is a big problem. That is very much along the lines of where I was. That is a it. big problem. If kneeling for the flag, yes. kneeling during the national anthem, which doesn't apply to everybody in the United States, hurts your feelings more than somebody more being than somebody getting shot for nothing. Or, yeah, abused, tortured under the hands of the police. Mm-hmm. Then that's a problem. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, a lot yeah. a lot of people think that kneeling during the national anthem angers. You know, a lot of people in that it sows division in our country, but that's that's our First Amendment right to that's a that's a peaceful protest right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think that that's the thing that really bugs me about it. It's, it's like, well, look, I mean, it's, he's, he's not he's rioting. Not, he's not he's not burning a no, flag. He's not. No burning, one is being yeah, hurt no, through you know. this. I mean, in any 
way except for people's feelings being hurt. But sometimes that's, I mean, the protests when Martin Luther King Jr., I mean, those hurt a lot of feelings. People Mm -hmm. didn't like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, peaceful protesting is, you know, any kind of protesting, but even peaceful protesting is going to step on toes because it's trying to bring to light something that is problematic and there are going to be people who are going to have yeah. problems with it. I, I think to blame Kaepernick for being divisive is putting the blame in the wrong location. I, I mean, agree. all he did was kneel. Yeah. The division came whenever everybody started I you agree. Know, arguing about whether or not mm-hmm. he should. Yeah, I agree. Um, I read an article too, um, you know, where I think he had a teammate and I didn't, I don't remember his teammate's name again. Mm-hmm. I'm not an NFL guy. But anyway, the other guy that was started kneeling with him in the beginning, he, he talked about the fact that his first time that he protested, he sat on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, so the guys were standing for the national anthem, and he went back and he sat on the bench. And, of course, there's some pictures out there of him, like, being all slouched and, you know, looking very disrespectful in the way that he was handling himself. And there was a, a, a veteran who had been in the NFL and also had served in the military, who just was like, hey, can we talk about this? And I think that that's the the right approach. It's like, I want to know why Mm -hmm. you're doing this. Mm -hmm. Why is it that you're not standing for the national anthem? Because Mm -hmm. it means a lot to me, and I don't understand. Can we talk about it? And through that conversation, Kaepernick said, okay, I don't want to be disrespectful to to you. I don't want to be disrespectful to the military. I'm not really disrespecting the flag I'm just saying that America isn't doing what its ideals say it's all about. And so instead of taking a, a, a slouchy, disrespectful posture, he decided to take a knee, which is a sign of respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's what we do whenever somebody injures themselves yes. on the other team. Yes. And so it's yeah. just a, a sign of respect I don't think that everything is yeah. the way that it should be, but it's still respectful towards the people who have served Towards the people, you know, and and he has said, as Keetron pointed out earlier, he has said himself multiple times, this is not a protest against the military. You know, that this is not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about the, the brutality that I've seen in the, you know, the neighborhoods I grew up in. It's the brutality that's continuing to go on. And it just needs to be talked about. And guess what? We started talking about it. Yeah. You know, it it's been a very effective process. I think that doing something in a peaceful manner where it, it elicits a conversation yeah. i think is exactly what a protest is supposed to do right well i think that you know like you said earlier something about it wasn't the protest that caused division it was it was the reaction that caused division um you know so many people jumped immediately jumped on this bandwagon about it and and never took the time to find out why he did it or to care about why he did it, to hear what he was trying to say through it. And a lot of these people who were upset by it, they follow the news that tells them what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And so they only hear about the divisive side of it, the, the, the thing that wants to cause problems, and they don't hear about it. They don't, they don't always hear the heart behind it because the reporting they listen to is slanted, mm-hmm. which every kind of reporting 
is slanted. I don't, I don't trust any media here in our country anymore to, to not be slanted in some way. Um, even the side that I agree with is slanted. And so I feel I, I will read it, but I also go and read other things and I try to get a bigger picture because I know that the viewpoint is, is slanted. It's biased, whether we want it to be or not. I, I'm proud. I'm thankful for my country and, and the things that it stands for. But my first allegiance is not to my country. Mm -hmm. My first allegiance is to the Lord mm -hmm. and to the gospel. And if my allegiance to my country is happening at the expense of my allegiance to the gospel, there's a problem. There's a problem. Yeah. You're worshiping the flag. Yes. It's, and I mean, instead I'm, of the maker. And I've had to, I mean, I've had to walk through a process of that. I, I mean, I grew up with a lot of USA pride. And I mean, JP's had, we've had conversations where I had to walk through the process of realizing that I let my, I mean, I even had a lot of hometown pride where for a long time, my town, Sulphur Springs was the town and you know, nobody could tell me any different. Yeah. That and, was an issue. And it, it was like, and now it's like, I, I just, I realize it's, it's not a problem to be thankful for those places and those things and those people and the, the country we live in. But it is a problem when it becomes more important to me than the way that I, sh you know, than me showing the showing love and listening and gospel to people who need to be heard or who are hungry to be heard. You know, okay. I don't want it to sound like I'm bashing the people who are on the other side of this, but because I've, I've had to walk through that process myself. I've been there where my pride was in my country and whatever. And, and the Lord had to, you know, walk me through that process of realizing I was putting too much importance on that. Um, instead of, you know, loving people and listening. Yeah. You put too much, they put too much emphasis on the flag and not the problem. Yeah. And it's a it's been an ongoing problem for years, and so you know now protest time has come back around. I say they always been protesting, but now this is like I don't know, this is major. I mean, from back to sixty the sixty eights and areas or whatever, it was major back then, but this time it's like the news be saying you know this is huge. I mean you've got the whole world protesting at one time now because of pro police brutality. Yeah. And so that means somebody is unhappy and a change needs to be made. Right. So basically that's what a protest is. You're unhappy with a situation and a change needs to be made. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that the, you know, the athletes are in a, a prime position to, to accomplish a protest you know, to accomplish what a protest is meant to accomplish because they have, they have the platform, they mm -hmm. have the stage. They do. You know, if, if, if you and I had some, you know, issue that we wanted to protest, like, you know, whatever we wanted to say it is, we need a marble slab in Mount Vernon, right? And we wanted to protest city hall and say, why isn't there an ice creamery like marble slab in our town, right? We, before they would pay any attention to us, we'd have to get 
a thousand About, people yes. at least to sign a petition. To sign a yeah. petition, we'd have to. I mean, <laughs> it would take knocking on doors and convincing people that this is an important enough issue. Ice cream is an important enough issue that you got to yes. get out of your house, yes. come out and stand in the hot sun on city square, yes. and you know make our voices heard. It, it ain't gonna happen. It's not even for medicinal pur- purposes. It's not. Gonna- <laughs> That's right. <laughs> medicinal ice cream. That's right. Blue Bell. Dr. Bluebell. Um, so the the point is that we are in a position where it would be hard. It would take a lot of work for us to stir up something. Those guys, the cameras are already on them. Yeah. And, and so, you know, for these guys that are saying, no, there's a statement that needs to be made. I'm going to, I'm going to use this time that the cameras are on me to make a statement. Yeah. And, and like, it doesn't matter what that statement is. I can agree with the statement. I can disagree with the statement. I have to applaud them for being willing to make it because that takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of guts to say, you know what? The media is going to, you know, wear me out mm-hmm. up one side, down the other. Mm-hmm. But this is too important. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, even if I disagree, you know, I respect the move. To say, I've got to take responsibility. I've got to take advantage of the opportunity that God's given me. Yeah. Another one of your questions is, um, do protests work? Mm-hmm. My answer to that, yes, they work. But it might not be in the time frame yeah. that you know people expect it to happen. Right. It won't happen overnight. Yeah. You know, prime example, I, it just came to my mind. 19, mm, I was a junior, so that's about 1986-ish, somewhere up in there. Y'all remember that Ferdinand Marcos thing, don't y'all? When he was, they were protesting and marching because he was a, a brutal, uh, you know, a brutal president. And then finally, the people... The people protested so much, he heard them and he resigned and went and hid it, you know, hid somewhere. He left, mm. you know, but, but they had been happening years and years and years. And like before then, some of those people got hurt, killed right. because they were protesting his, his, his reign because he was just brutal. Okay. You know, he didn't care. Eventually, finally in well, I was a junior, so somewhere in 19, but anyway, I graduated in 88, so 86, 86-ish. That's when finally he's like, okay, these folks don't want me. I'm just now getting this. These folks mm-hmm. don't want me. I'm gone. Yeah. Don't know where he went. I can't remember all that. But finally, the protesting worked for what they was trying to achieve. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just over there. I'm just... Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, anything like this is like, is going to be long-term in trying to get things to change. And we might not see, we might not see the the results that we want to see, but we have hope that maybe what we're doing will make an impact on the future. Um, And I I mean, honestly, that it's the way, I mean, that's the way our whole lives, I think a lot of Mm -hmm. times are lived, especially when we're living our lives for the kingdom. We're not going to see the impact that we had on the kingdom. Absolutely. True. Until the end anyway. Um, True. Yeah. We got to, we got to be in it for the long game. Yeah. You know, because I mean, we get, our lives are but a vapor, you know, the scriptures Mm -hmm. say. And so it's, 
we're, we're only here a little while. The kingdom is eternal, and we're trying to make an impact for the kingdom. We, we've got to have a, a different mindset about how we you know, live yeah. our lives, and that is that sometimes we do little things that can have, you know, that can contribute to something that's much bigger than we are. And that we might not get the chance to see the results of. I mean, I, I can think of so many missionaries who, you know, at the end of their lives sometimes were discouraged because they hadn't seen the results that they had mm-hmm. hoped for. You know, they had toiled and toiled and toiled. But generations later, you know, we hear about those missionaries and we get to see the impact that they had on the cultures mm-hmm. that they were working with. Right. Um and, you know, I don't, I don't honestly think it, you know, in a lot of ways it's not for us to know the impact that we have, but it's just for us to be faithful, to do what we know God is calling us to do and to stand up for, we know what we know God is calling us to stand up for. And he's going to take care of the results um, right. when he needs to, especially when you're standing for right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's another key thing is that, you know, these protests, if, if it's not something that represents a large cross section it has to be credible, as yes. I, I spoke about. Thank you earlier. If it's and if it's not credible, mm-hmm. then it's not going to catch on, right? You know, if, it's if, fizzle if out. Colin Kaepernick was taking his knee because he wanted a marble slab creamery in every small town in Texas, <laughs> yeah. then we would stop talking about it. If it doesn't it. resonate with people, if it doesn't, if there's not a large enough group of people that that whatever is being dealt with doesn't resonate with some of those people, then it, it's you know, like you said, it's gonna it's gonna fizzle out. It's not gonna grow to become bigger. But when people do hear someone standing up for something that they realize, you know, I know what this is about. I know this experience. I, I you know, I see this. Yeah. Um, then it's yeah. When you have someone like uh, Colin Kaepernick, you know, someone that's a uh, a national figure, you know, NFL player kneel during a national anthem, you know, it, it will shock people into paying attention mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. it, it'll generate conversations, you know? Yeah. And, and what it, the, the tragedy of what happens sometimes is that that conversation doesn't involve Colin, you know, the, right. Mr. Kaepernick is the one who gets to decide what he's doing and what it means. We don't get to sit back and say, Oh, he's taking a knee because, and we get to assign whatever meaning to it we want. I'm, but that's what, you know, and that's, that's what happens. A lot yeah. That's, we do things all the time that people can take out of context mm-hmm. and, and they can assign some kind of meaning yeah. to it that we never intended. Right. And no one wants that done. But somehow people feel totally justified to do this to Mr. Kaepernick. And, and, and I know that we're, you know, using his name, as, but mm-hmm. it's kind of a stand in for anyone that's in that position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so that's the thing is, what we ought to do is say, well, why is he doing that? Why? And, and not just, hey, why do you think he's doing that? Let's ask him. Yeah. And if you look at what he has said consistently since this whole thing started, it is not a protest against the flag. It is not a protest against, you know, America really at all. It's really a protest against police brutality that he witnessed himself, yeah. you know, that is still well, and documented even, is going on. Even if you, li- you know, and, and, and some people are going to listen and still not agree. And that's, There's, that's fine. Yeah, because everybody's entitled to their yes, own opi- yes. uh, opinion. But so. even when we don't agree, we're, I still think the response is, has, is extreme. It's like, instead of saying, okay, well, that's not the way I would approach it. Or, 
I don't really agree with that mentality or whatever. And, and showing love in return somehow, it's, it's this thing that, you know, we end up acting like we've been pitted against each other. Right. Well, it doesn't help when someone says, if, if you see somebody kneeling, shoot them. Yeah. Yeah, that does not yeah. help. It's just, it's such a... So that does not help at all. It's just, it's a heartbreaking attitude to me. Every time I think about it, I, I have That's to... That's promoting more violence. I get to a point a lot of times where I just have to stop thinking about it. Because it's like, the response that I see so many Christians have to things that they don't understand or to people that they won't take the time to listen to or even people that they may have listened to but they don't agree with the response is a lot of the times not a a response made in love it's a response of being offended that's how we're going to get people to have conversations about things is when we listen and we don't immediately blow up at them about what they believe Mm -hmm. I mean you know, if, if, if someone comes up to us and, and they're like, well, I don't believe in Jesus. If we immediately blow up you, well, that's offensive to me. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you just said that. What are you, th- what are you talking about? And we, we blow up at them. Well, why? What the heck? I mean, they're not, they're not going to want to know Jesus. And I think it, it goes with, you know, we, we live in a, in a broken, dying world. The people here are going to have mindsets that are ungodly Mm -hmm. and that are worldly and that don't follow what God has designed us for. And our job is not to pummel them with Mm -mm. the information, but to love them and listen to them. I mean, once we, that was, that was us. And maybe, you know, maybe because some of us have grown up in the church, we don't recognize that it was still once us, but it was, I mean, we, we had maybe the gift of being taught from a small child about the, the, you know, about Jesus and everything like that. But there was still a point where we had to realize that without him, we were lost. That without him, you know, we were, you know, we're sinners. And, and we would have the wrong mentality without him. And, you know, I think that these peaceful protests... You know, I appreciate the fact that they are peaceful. and But our reaction as Christians sometimes is inflammatory. Instead of, let's, maybe I should take a, take a step back and listen to this. Um, and even if I don't agree with it, I should pray about what my response to be instead of this knee-jerk, hateful reaction that these people are, you know, evil. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're not... <laughs> Maybe they're not walking with the Lord because they don't know him. But if I treat them poorly or respond with hate in return, I'm certainly not. I've lost my chance there to lead them to the Lord. Also, if you want to relate it to the word, peace for protest. People are protesting in faith. And the Bible says faith without works is dead. But So you can have faith all you want to, but if you're not working that faith, Showing, showing other people that you, you're standing for something that needs to be changed, then, then what are you standing for? Right. What is your faith representing then? Mm. That's yeah. right. That's right. So if, if somebody want to look at it like that, oh, well, I don't see where it matters, but it matters to them. It might not matter to you. It might not, it might not matter to JP. It might, might not matter to you know, Keatron, but it, it matters to me. So I'm going to have faith that what I'm doing is going to work or something's going to come out of it sooner or later. And then maybe somebody else can pick up 
you know, pick up that little, the little flag and, and, and run with it. Maybe somebody else could, could see what somebody else is doing. Like, oh, I can do, I can help, I can help with that. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I'll help with that as best as I can. Yeah. And it's not always monetary. Right. Your presence speaks volumes. Right. And then when you see somebody in the limelight, I say, and, and they can actually stand with you, that speaks volumes. Oh, well, so-and-so did it. It must mean something. Or, but then again, you got, oh, so-and-so didn't do it, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So it goes both ways. Yeah. Well, you know, to another aspect of this peaceful protest thing, you know, um, I read an article recently, and honestly, I don't remember what, even what sport it was, <laughs> but they were, it was time for the anthem, and everybody kneeled except for one man and he stood and he you know mm-hmm. he talked about how you know he he has he had educated himself and looked further into the um black lives matter and and into what that organization stands for and some of the things that they support and he realized there are some things about the family and some stuff like that that I as a Christian, cannot align myself mm-hmm. with, and so I, I can't, I can't show support of mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And so he made the choice. He said, "I, you know, I mean, and it wasn't that he didn't think, didn't think that mm-hmm. Black Lives mattered." And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things that's so sad to me is They're that now this phrase cannot be used without even referring though, to the reorganization. Right. Right. And and but but he, you know, and he has the right to do that. And mm-hmm. and I I respect both the 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 players that chose to kneel and I respect him as well. And I think that that's one thing there's been talk of some people being feeling pressure to to kneel rather than being given the option to decide mm-hmm. how to handle it. And I think that that's an aspect of it that, you know, it should be it should be on that person to decide and they and, and they are and we have to realize just because they're kneeling doesn't mean this and just because they're standing correct, doesn't correct. mean this correct you know this guy had legitimate reasons for not kneeling but it wasn't that he didn't support that mm-hmm. all you know black lives matter it was you know there was something more to it and and we uh, it's that idea of taking the time to listen to why people are doing what they're doing. And I'm with, I don't, I don't support the Black Lives Matter organization. Right. I do not. I've read detailed, you know, what they actually, some stuff is good. Right. But the stuff that, no, I've got, I I have to support it as a whole if I'm going to support it. And I don't support it as a whole because I don't agree. Right. You know, with some of their, some of the stuff they're trying to do. Yeah. So, but I do believe black lives matter. Mm-hmm. That statement is true. Even though I do believe all lives matter, but at a point in time, it could be, say for instance, that little boy that just got killed. Mm, yeah. You know, he's a white little boy. His life mattered. Absolutely. Regardless of who did it. His life mattered. 
So at that time, what's his little boy's name? Caden or something like that? Cannon, I think. Cannon. Little Cannon. His life mattered. So right then, a black life wasn't killed. It was a little white boy life. And Cannon's life mattered. Right. Mm. And, and I think that's what people are taking uh, are not seeing, that who of that person is, their life mattered. Yeah. If they were black, white, Mexican, or whatever. That yeah. life, at that point in time, it mattered. Absolutely. And it was just taken away. Senselessly. So, when people hear Black Lives Matter, yes, but at that time, something has happened to a black life. And at mm-hmm. that time, that black life mattered. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. people don't like black people, fine. Some people don't like white people, fine. But at that time, that's that that person life's matter. Historically, there is still an issue. You know, it has been going on for a long time and it is still happening in in such a way it's not all police. You know, it is not every cop. It is not every police force. There are a lot of things that have been done to make changes. And it has improved in some ways. But it's not over. It's not over. And and there needs to be still a conversation about this. And so, and I think a peaceful protest is a valuable way, you know, that our society uses in order to address issues like that. I think that's why it's so well defended in the Constitution. It's because a peaceful protest, it's an effective tool. It is something that can bring about change. Sometimes we got to be willing to wait a while. You know, it's not as quick as, you know, bloodshed and violence. But the outcome is better overall. I think so, too. I think so, too. And then before um, we leave the... I know I brought Black Lives Matter in it, but... Some people going to say, if black lives matter so much, why is there so much black on black crime? But that doesn't have anything to do with the police. Yeah. Right. And that's why the black lives matter started because of a police, police brutality and, and the police backing somebody that killed somebody because they were black. Yeah. Oh, they fit the description. Okay. Yeah. How much description did you have to go on? Exactly. So, and the police backed that killing. But it goes beyond that because you have so many supporting the the killing of an individual by the hand of a police officer. And it's okay because the policeman did it. Obviously, somebody did something wrong. So that's what this protest is about. Police brutality. That's actually, our brutality is uncalled for. But the innocent death of a person has to be, needs to be investigated. And uh, and the people that did the crime, because it is a crime, needs to be dealt with. Time needs to be served. That's point blank. Yeah. Needs to be, it ought to be equal across the board. If the police officer is found guilty, even though we know he's guilty from body cam footage, but they they acquitted him or they, I mean, they claimed he was innocent. Okay, but we know 
he was still guilty and he did it. Right. And that's another thing. That's another topic about the justice system because it, it is whacked out. Yeah, I was gonna say that you know that is a whole other you know yeah. issue. Our justice system is slanted. Uh, yeah, and and that's why you know these conversations have to keep being had is because the system is not perfect yet, and mm-hmm. and it's probably never gonna get perfect. Mm-hmm. But we have to keep can, talking yeah. about it if we want it to we can get improve better. On it, we can try to make it better. You know. I, we're supposed to always be growing in our faith. And I think that, you know, we're, we should always be growing in general, just, you know, realizing the changes that need to be made and being willing to make them. And I think a lot of this is, you know, there are problems with our justice system. There are problems, lots of problems with these types of things in our country, but a lot of people don't know it because they've never experienced it. Um, and because they they haven't heard about it, and that's again a reason why it's important for information to get out there. You know, I, I know that I grew up with that that belief that America stands for you know freedom and justice and all of these things that that we held as a high value, and so we would believe that the police officer was doing the very best job they could and was completely unbiased in what they were doing, and then. They stood before a judge who was unbiased and did exactly what he was supposed to do and And deciding and there was a jury that Mm -hmm. was fair and, you know, and we just, we, we have the idea that that happens. We have the hope and the, I guess the ideal in our mind that that's what's taking place. But as we look at the evidence that that's not not what's been going on, that's not, you know, and so I, you know, we read the book, um, well, we read two books this last year. Um, one of them was The Sun Does Shine, which tells the story of a guy that spent, uh, what was it, 30 years? Something like that. Something like that. 30 that. years in on death row for a crime he never committed. And really, it was, it was some evidence that oh. got brought up in the original trial that they would not let him revisit. It's Anthony Ray Hinton, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they wouldn't let him revisit it because it... It was brought up in the first trial, and they're like, well, you can't re-examine evidence that was already decided on. And it was like, but it didn't get presented in the proper light. You know, right. it was it was not fairly treated at the very beginning, and they're like, too bad. And, you know, he was Was that told- the DNA? No. Mm-hmm. It was, that's, it was, that was that's another recent, that's a yeah, different okay. one. That one's more recent. Yeah. And so, you know, these things are just, you know, they can be devastating whenever you find out that this system that we've supposed to have set up that delivers, you know, liberty and justice for all doesn't always do that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the conversation needs to happen. That's why a protest happens mm-hmm. is because the conversation needs to be brought to light. We need to know that these things are not working the way that they're intended to. Um, there's a guy, named, he goes by propaganda. I don't remember what his real name is but that's his uh his hip-hop mm-hmm. name and uh he has a, a line that says i don't hate america i just want her to keep her promises mm-hmm. you know and it's like we say with liberty and justice for all mm-hmm. that's what we want because mm-hmm. we want liberty and justice for all and if if colin kaepernick wants liberty and justice for all and i want liberty and justice for all then I'm not worried about him taking a knee. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, you know? Uh, uh, Kaepernick, he became a cause for activists and uh, civil rights leaders and, and others. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there was, I listened to something recently where it kind of talked about uh, African-American athletes through the years and how, you know, whenever they first started being accepted into the, mm-hmm. the major leagues or the, you know, the, the professional leagues, you know, they were brought in very slowly, you mm-hmm. know, against the, you know, the, the tide of the, the times that they lived in, but they were activists and they spoke up about the unfair treatment that they were receiving. And, and there was a lot of progress that was made in the minds of, of people because they were willing to speak up about it. And, uh, you know, and they talked about several things, Olympic athletes, you know, and, and things like that, boxers and, and people mm-hmm. that, that, you know, were very successful athletes and went and represented our country in the uh, Olympics and, uh, you know, were a testament to the, uh, you know, people around the world. And it was like, well, we got to beat the Russians, you know, because it was the Cold War. Mm-hmm. We got to beat the Russians at the Olympics and none of our white guys can do it. Let's send these guys because they can get the job done. But then they come back and they get treated just like second class citizens. And, and so and they were vocal about that. Mm-hmm. They spoke up about it. And, you know, it moved the ball forward in such a way. And then there kind of came this era where to to be a, a outspoken black athlete meant that you weren't going to get the the endorsements. You weren't going to get, you know, a major source of the revenue. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these guys, while they're getting millions of dollars for their their player contracts, they're getting tens of millions of dollars in, you know, endorsement deals. And so to be an outspoken activist became something that, that kind of fell back a bit. And so when Colin Kaepernick, you know, he kind of ushered in this, this newer era, this latest era of, you know, outspoken activism among mm-hmm. athletes, it's not, it's not new. Mm-mm. It's just the next wave. Um, and it feels new to us cause it's been a while. Um, but it has been an ongoing conversation and I think it's helped move the ball forward, you know, and this is just another thing that needs to get addressed another thing that we yeah, need to talk about. And so, and there are other protests that I will disagree with. There are people who will protest, you know, and, and march for women's rights. You know, really what they're marching for is the right to have an abortion. <laughs> and, and, you know, they're, they're like the right to choose for myself. And I fundamentally disagree with that perspective i am pro-life and that's pro unborn life that's pro immigrant lives that's pro black lives i am pro-life across the board and so i disagree with it but i will support their right to protest right because they have a right to say what's on their mind and to stand up for what they believe in. Right. So. And then we have a right to speak up for pro-life m- matters. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a right to protest against abortion clinics and things like that. We can make those those claims. No matter where you fall on that spectrum, protest is is a valuable tool that brings conversation to the forefront within our society because there's an issue that needs to be addressed. We need to understand that issue better. And so I, I think a, a peaceful protest is an extremely valuable tool. And we need to not be so critical of the form of the protest that we forget what the protest is all about. 
I want to thank everybody for listening, and uh, I just want to make one request. I want to make sure that our email address is working, and our email is we should talk at ghff.net. That's we should talk at ghff.net. There's no spaces or capital letters or anything like that. If you'd send us an email and at the very least just say, I'm listening, I would love to get that kind of feedback just to know who's tuning in, who's listening to the podcast. If you have a question or a topic that you'd like for us to address, please feel free to send that as well, and we'll we'll bring it up. Bye. Bye, Goodbye, everybody.